Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. You know, when Joe Jr. was little, he was about three years old. I was watching him for a day, and uh, I thought I'd drive him through McDonald's. Why not? You know, make him happy. And I went through the drive-thru, I bought him some fries. I put them on his car seat, and I didn't buy any. I was trying to be good. And then we're driving, and you know how that smell permeates the vehicle? And I just, I thought I have to have at least one fry. So I reached back, and I grabbed two, and I went to take a bite. And three years old, Joe Jr. began to scream. He went crazy. And I'm not sure exactly why he's screaming. And, and I kept saying, Joe, don't cry, don't scream. And I couldn't drive, so I had to pull over. And we're in a parking lot. And I turn around and go, honey, what, what's wrong? What, why are you screaming? And he said, you took my fry, you took my fry. <laughs> and so I'm really tempted at that point to say, I'll go get you another one just to end the crying. But then I thought, I need to teach him something about you know, sharing and, and, and giving. So I thought, I, I said, Joe, listen, listen. Uh, I just took two. You have all the rest. And daddy just, it smells so good I had to taste them. And, and I was able to talk him down. And so he's, he's happy. And we're driving. And then some thoughts crossed my mind as we're driving. I thought, Joe, Joe doesn't realize that I'm the source of all fries. I'm the almighty fry giver. He didn't realize I was the almighty fry giver. And, and uh, he didn't realize that I can literally give and I can literally take. He just... He, he didn't realize that about me. And you know what else he didn't realize? Is I really didn't eat his fries, right? I mean, is, is it true, guys, that, I, I mean, I wasn't loaded, not loaded now, but I could have went and bought 20 fries. You know, I could have bought 20 packs. And, 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 and I, I, at the dollar menu, I could have maybe bought 40. And uh, I could have bought all the fries I wanted, right? But, but he didn't understand that. But then I think of my life and my walk with God and I think about how I've reacted the same way with God when God's dealt with my heart to be generous and he's dealt with my heart to give and that I had to learn that he's the all-generous God and he can bless me above my ability. He can give me more than I can make on my own and I had to understand that, hey, he's the almighty God who's generous and blesses us with all things and it's been quite a quite a process. It wasn't easy. It's something that I had to learn to do over time and I had to grow in. And if you haven't been with us for the last uh, three weeks, this series is titled Kind of a Big Deal. It's a vision series. You heard some of the recap uh, on the video. And here's what I want to talk about today. Uh, Generosity is kind of a, a big deal. And I want to talk about the subject of generosity. And I want to talk about it in every area of our life because it's really, really a big deal. And I'll obviously emphasize finances because all of us need to to be encouraged in that area. We need God to build our faith in that area that he can bless us, he can help us above our ability. But generosity is kind of a, it's kind of a big deal. Now I remember maybe 10 years ago, uh, the church now is 32 years old. I, I started Believers in 83. And so at that time, I had pastored for 22 years. 
And I was out of state at a pastor's conference, and I'm listening to one of my mentors. This guy pastored a, a really large church, still does, in, in Plano, Texas. And, and I'm listening to him, and uh, he made a statement. You know how when sometimes somebody says something that captures your attention? And, and he said this. He said, we need to be generous with everything we have. And he said how God dealt with him years ago to be generous with his influence. And I never thought about being generous with my influence, but it just exploded in me. And, and then kind of like the scene from The Godfather, you know, kind of one of the scenes. You know, you know what got The Godfather and Godfather 1 in trouble, don't you? Um, remember, he had all the judges in his pocket. And, and he didn't share them with some of the other families. And remember they're having that big meeting and all the mafia heads are there and one of the guys, you know, speaking broken English, he stands up and says, God Father, you had all the judges in your pocket and it's not right that you didn't share some of the judges with us. That's not great, probably won't do it tomorrow. But, but listen, listen, listen. <laughs> that kind of came to me and I thought, you know what, I have all this influence that you build over the years, and, and I need to be generous with my influence. So I, I came back and I made a decision to be generous with my influence. And so I, to this day, if I run into someone that tells me they're job hunting, I'll say, what kind of job? And then they tell me, and I think, do I know some people that hire and own businesses or run businesses? And, and I'll say, send me your resume. And I'll, I'll email their resume to different people. I'll write a little note, I'll give them a call. Say, this, this person's really amazing. You need to at least give them an interview because I, I think they could be a great blessing to you. I've sat behind closed doors with leaders in this community to go to bat for some folks that I knew and I never would say any details, but I sat there and I used my influence and I said, you know what? This is what I think. This is how I feel. All behind closed doors, but I learned it's the heart of God for us to be generous and that's something I have. I have influence, and so I try to be generous in every area. And if you're sitting here wondering what it means to be generous, here's, here's a simple definition of generous. It's a readiness to give more of something than is necessary or expected. And one of the Bible stories that always comes to mind, and all of us pastors in America and probably around the world are jealous of this story, it's when, when Moses was building the, the tabernacle for God, and uh, he asked the people to give offerings, and and and. And then the leaders came to Moses, and you know what they said to him? They said, they've given so much that we have more than we need. And so Moses had to go tell the people, stop giving. Isn't that pretty cool? Uh, I, I don't know of a pastor anywhere in the world that's ever had that say, stop giving, we have too much. But, but Moses did. Now here's a cool story, really cool story. Um, Paul had to write a letter in, in, in 2 Corinthians to the church at Corinth. And here's why he wrote the letter. Uh, the church in Jerusalem was starving, all the Christians. And here's what happened. The, the religious Jewish people caused everybody to persecute them. So all the Christian Jews were fired from their jobs. Can you imagine just going to work and you're fired the next day? And then a lot of the pops, the dads and the parents, they were thrown into jail. Can you, can you imagine that? Your dad's in jail, so now mom doesn't have any income, the family doesn't have any income. They're starving. So Paul's going to churches all over that he has influence with, and he's asking them, would you give a special offering for the starving church in Jerusalem? And then part of what he said in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7, reads like this, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you excel in this grace 
of giving. He's asking them to be generous. And he says, tap into God's grace. Grace is God's ability that supersedes ours. And, and God, God will help us to do some things that don't come to us naturally. But I think it's interesting when we read this verse. This church, what Paul's saying to them, translated is, you guys are doing amazing in all these areas. Here's one area I'd like to see you grow in. And apparently that was a big deal for God if God put it in the Bible. And we see Paul teaching Christians this particular truth. So when it comes to generosity, I want to make this point. I think this is a really important point. Generosity has nothing to do with the amount you give. This is really important. Because typically if we think about giving, we think about generosity, we're thinking about huge amounts. When you read the Bible, it has nothing to do with the amount you give. Zero. And there's a story in the Bible. And I love this story. Remember last week and the week before I said, putting this lesson together changed my life. This is one of the things that, that just exploded in me. Luke 21, 1 and 2 say this. Just then Jesus looked up and he saw the rich people dropping offerings in the collection plate. Then he saw a poor widow put in two pennies. So just want you to picture what's happening here. Rich folks, we don't know what they gave, but it was probably big. You know, $1,000 checks, $5,000 checks, $50,000 checks. It was big. They gave big money. And then this little lady, I want you to imagine, two pennies. <laughs> Can we all agree that most of us, and, and I know today, when I was young, this wasn't so, but today, I, I, I still can't do it, but I'm tempted to do it. If I see a, a penny on the, the ground when I'm outside, part of me says, I'm just, I don't feel like bending over to get that. And then another part of me says, I've, I've never let a penny lay on the ground. And I pick it up and I take it. Uh, but I know the younger generation, the, the penny's not worth what it was when I was a kid. And so we just look at a penny and say, it's just a penny. It's two pennies. But Jesus goes on and says something that blows their mind. Listen to verse 3. He said, the plain truth is that this widow has given by far the largest offering today. Now, I know the disciples' minds were blown. My mind would have been blown if I were them. Think about this. Two pennies, and then some of the wealthiest people in Israel dropping in with their giving. And Jesus says she gave the biggest offering. And I could see the disciples saying, she gave two pennies. And Jesus brings out this truth that changes everything. It's beautiful truth. And here's what he said in verse 4. All those others made offerings that they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly. That, I, I highlighted that for a reason. What she couldn't afford, she gave her all. And I think it's mind-blowing that Jesus called two pennies extravagant giving. That's mind-blowing. Would you ever, in, if you never read this before, would you ever imagine that Jesus or God would call giving two pennies and an offering extravagant generosity? That's crazy, but here's why. Because God looks at percentages, not amounts. And that's what he's saying here. Uh, there, we have really generous, wealthy people in our church, and, and they, give, they give high percentages. We, we have some incredible ones. But I like teaching things like this for those listening on the Internet, those that might hear it on TV in the future, and maybe some newer people so they can grow and understand. God is looking at percentages, not how many zeros. And that's exciting for both, of, both sides. Think about it. If you're here and you're, 
you're struggling. Maybe, maybe you're on a fixed income. Maybe, maybe you're on government assistance. And, and you're thinking, I can't give anything because, it, first of all, it's, it doesn't amount to anything. And, and then you think, uh, you know, what are they going to do with it? And then you think, God doesn't really care. It's just this little amount. And Jesus showed us God looks, God watches, because God looks at percentages. And so I want to help you here if you're struggling uh, not to turn the preacher off as soon as he says, hey, we want to we do one lesson today on generosity. No, no, this can change your life forever, and I'll show you how in just a moment. And then for those that are wealthier here and well-to-do, and all, just about 90% of Americans are you know, wealthier than the rest of the world. We're really well-to-do here, even though we may not know that. Um, but for anyone of wealth, just understand, hey, God's looking at percentages. And sometimes when we make a lot, we think we're giving them something big, but if we compare it to percentages, it's not that big. So it's all about percentages. So I came up with one of my favorite, this is one of my favorite big ideas. This is what I want to get across today. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever had one I liked more. I don't, I don't know, I just like it. And it just goes like this, giving your two cents makes sense. I, I like this one. And you know what it means. I, you know from the story, giving your two cents is referring to you giving generously according to percentages, right? That's what it means. And it makes sense. And then I got to thinking, well, let, let's talk about how it makes sense. Because uh, does it help us when we, give spirit, when we give to God and when we give to the poor? Does that help us? Does that impact us at all? And, and, and I see three main ways. There's, we could probably find more, but I thought, let's get to three main ones. And, and the first one I want to talk about is this generosity makes sense spiritually. It just makes spiritual sense. So listen, we're going to read something out of the Old Testament. This is when the children of Israel were under the law. And under the law, God mandated that everybody tithe. So if you were a Jew and you were under the law of Moses, this is before Jesus came, you had to give. There, there was no exception. God, God said, this is a law. You must do it. They had to give 10% of their income. They had to tithe. So we're reading that. Now, in the New Testament, God doesn't say, hey, it's a law, but it's a principle that he says, this principle can change your life if you learn to do it. So, so listen, listen to this scripture. Uh, th this is out of uh, Deuteronomy 14.23, and it reads like this. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. That's amazing. So one of the reasons God asked his people to tithe, we could say the practical reason is so the church could pay its bills, so that the preachers could be paid if we put it in modern language. But, but there's all, God doesn't ask us to do anything that doesn't bless and impact our lives. And listen, he says, the purpose of tithing or giving or being generous is so that you and I learn to always put God first in our lives. Now you guys heard me say, if you were here for lesson two, Making disciples is kind of a big deal was lesson two. I talked about picking the cross up and following Jesus. And I talked about when I was 19, before I met my wife, I was single. Uh, I met Jesus at 19. Now, before I met him, I was sexually active. Then I met him. Then I began to follow him, carry my cross, you know. And, and then I read in the Bible that God doesn't want us to have sex unless we're married. I, I had a lot of debate with God saying, that's crazy, God. You created this. It's fun. This is crazy. But then I decided I'm going to obey him. Then I read, my life's going okay. I thought, okay, I'll do this. I'll do this. Then I read, you can't even think about it. Like porn, pornography. I'm like, God, all my uncles, 
told me that you can, it's okay to look as long as you don't touch. Now you're telling me I can't, can't even look and, and, and think about it? And, and that was a battle. It was a huge battle. But then I said, okay, God, I'll do it. Those were tough. Those, those took weeks and months of just debating with God, saying, are, are you crazy? Why is that in the Bible? Today's culture is different, God. You know, in today's culture, that's not the same. And I had all these debates with God. And then I finally said, all right. I nailed myself, my, my desires to the cross, and I said, I'll follow you. But you know what the toughest thing of everything I ever decided to do to follow Jesus was when I was a young Christian, and I heard a preacher talk about tithing, and I didn't know what it was, and I asked someone, and they said, that's giving 10% of your income. I'm like, what? That's, I grew up Catholic. My dad, my dad was generous for Catholic. He gave $5 a week back, you know, we're talking in the 70s, and that was really generous for a guy with seven kids working at Packer Electric. He was really generous, and, and the thought of tithing blew every gasket I had, and you guys have heard me tell the story if you've been here. I got mad at the pastor because he was driving an old car. I was driving a clunker, and I thought, God, I'm not going to tithe to let that guy drive a nice car when I don't have a nice car, and I had this debate. This debate took a long time, and I argued, and I argued. That was harder than giving up porn right there. That was harder than giving up sex outside of me. It was the hardest thing I ever did to follow God, and, and that's, why this, that's why I say it makes sense spiritually. That's why God said, I want to teach you to put me first. And you know what I had to do? I had to say, God, you're so important to me that I'm going to give you the first of my income. What, what a lesson. But what a blessing that God blessed my life like crazy once I began to do it. But that was tougher than anything. And even to this day, when Gina and I set our budget for the year, we always make sure we put God first. And we always make sure... God, this is yours. We're going to put you first. And if you're new, I could be blowing your gaskets. And all I ask you is this. If, if, if you're visiting, hey, um, think about what I'm saying. But if you're new here at Believers, you say, I never heard anybody teach this. I, all I ask you to do is do what I do. Have the debate with God. Man, look up the scriptures. Begin to pray and talk to God about it. God made it real to me. And I said, all right, I'll do it. You made it real. I'll do it. Listen to this one. Um, generosity makes sense financially. I had hundreds of scriptures to choose. I only chose one. That's hard for a teacher. And, and I chose Deuteronomy 15, 10 through 11. It, it says this, give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. The way you handle matters like this triggers God, your God's blessings in everything you do, all your work and your ventures. I've never read this in 32 years. I've never read this one. It, this is amazing. Um, Look at verse 11 again. The way you handle matters like this, that's giving, being generous, triggers God, your God's blessings in everything you do, all your work and all your ventures. That, that's amazing to me. So I got to thinking about how this has worked in my life, and then other people have shared stories with me over the last year because of 210, and, and I've just got to thinking about how it's released God. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. This is when I was in Bible school. And I'm, I know I'm leaving in, in about a year to come back here. And I'm sitting in my church, and I loved my church in Bible school. I loved it so much. And I loved my pastor. And I just loved that church. And they were doing a building fund. They're going to build a new building. And I'm sitting there, and I'm working 26 hours a week so that I have time to volunteer and time to go to Bible school. But, so I'm killing myself working 26 hours. I'm paying my own way through Bible school. And, and, and they're talking about 
everybody giving something for three years. They wanted a three-year commitment, and I'm sitting there, and I wasn't mad. I just sat there thinking, God, I'm leaving, and then I thought, God, I work part-time and go to school. I can't give anything, and I sat through the first week, and I just, you know how you can just kind of phase someone out, you know, and I just didn't listen that much. Then, then the second week, he came up, and I'm ready to phase him out, and sometimes God will speak to your heart, and God spoke to my heart. He said, I want you to give 20 bucks a month. And, and, and then I had the debate, man. I had a couple-week debate, and I said, God, 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 I work part-time. I go to school, and I'm leaving. I won't be here, but for a year, and that's three years. And, and God began to nag me. The next week I come, and the preacher is talking about it, and I said, God, I don't think I can. I, I, I'm, I, 20 bucks a month is a lot when you work 26 hours a week. And, and, and I'll never forget, God just kept dealing with my heart. I'll never forget the day when I filled that pledge card out and I put 20 bucks a month. Three, I was, it was a little nerve-wracking and I put it in the bucket. Now, I've gotten so old, I forget if it was two weeks or three. So I'll say in less than one month. This doesn't always happen, but I think God wanted to get something to me and he dealt with my heart to be generous. In less than a month, I had an increase in my income without working any extra hours of $200 a month. I made 180 bucks a month on that deal. That's a pretty good deal. I didn't do it for that. I did it to obey. I don't even think I could have believed it if you told me beforehand. But, but God, God bless me. I've watched God do that. It, it, it makes sense financially to be generous. Now, listen to this. This one's going to blow your mind, and then I'll tell you one that because God doesn't just do big things. God just gives you favor in every area of your life when you learn to be generous. And there's so many of you that could stand up like popcorn and talk about how God's done that for you over the years. But these three guys here at Believers, they told me, I, they don't want me to share their name or any, any details, uh, you know, so I can just give you some roundabout details. All, each of these guys, on their own, they decided to really stretch and make a big commitment to 210. Uh, to 210 last, last year. And, and, and then they told me one of them had an idea about how they could take their skills and trade their skills for a product all three of them wanted. They all three wanted this product. They couldn't afford it. But they had some skills. So they approached this company and they pitched them and said, this is what we can do for you if you pay us with your product. Not cash, we want your product. And you know the person said, let me think about it. This is a mind-blowing story. They ended up, the person said yes, they ended up receiving $60,000 each of the product. That's 180 grand. They're going to use about 100 hours of their time, their skills. So I got to figuring it out, 60000 each, 100 hours, 180000 total. Um, they're making $1,800 an hour. That's crazy. That's, you hear some big things sometimes. But what did it do? It triggered God. God gave an idea. They took a step. They obeyed it. They had no idea whether it would work. They weren't thinking about that when they decided to be generous. And then God, boom, blessed their lives. God does things like that. But now my son Joseph was sharing something with me. He, he had a, a furnace that went bad. He assumed it was under warranty, so he called the company. Uh, and, and they came out to fix it. And, and the guy said, there's an $800 part, $800 part. And, and Joe said, well, it's under warranty. He said, nah, it's been out for over a month. It's, it's out. So the guy says, I'll go write the bill up. The guy goes to his truck to write the bill up. And Joe's thinking like, oh. 
I don't have 800 bucks because Joe and Aaron, they stretched and gave big to 210. And, and he's telling me the story. He says, the guy comes back in and the guy looks at him and says, you know what? I'm going to make this work. I'm going I'm to somehow get them to honor your warranty. This isn't going to cost you a penny. And, and he, he saved 800 bucks. Those are little, God just starts blessing people in all kinds of ways. So you hear the big ones? I get excited about the little ones. Uh, generosity makes sense financially. Here's the third one, and this is mind-blowing in and of itself. Generosity makes sense eternally. And, and some of us, it's hard for us to imagine eternity, but uh, it, it, believe me, and, and I know there's some a little ahead of me in here, but now that I'm ready to turn 57 real soon, uh, life is going really fast. It's going really quick. And, and uh, so I'm living more for eternity now than I ever have. You know, the Bible talks about when we give here, when we give to God or we give to the poor, the Bible teaches us that that literally causes treasures to be laid up in heaven. That's amazing. You can't take your money with you, but you can send it ahead. And, and when you're generous, it says treasures are laid up in heaven. And I got to thinking about that. I did all these searches and studies on treasure. And the Bible doesn't tell us what heavenly treasure is. It's just some kind of currency in heaven. That's some kind of currency. We don't know what it is. But when we're generous here, now think about it. Think about it. The widow that gave the two pennies, she had billions of treasure laid up because God said she gave more than everybody else. So I want to make sure you, it's not the amount, guys. It's, it's the percentage. Uh, your two cents Giving two, uh, your two cents makes sense. So, so uh, uh, get a hold of this. This is 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6 and verse 17. And, and it says this. Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Now, apparently, Timothy pastored in Ephesus. They had some problems there. The wealthy people I know here at Believers, this is not them. They are incredibly generous. But these folks had a problem. So listen to verse 18. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage, to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. So what's he telling them? Hey, you're blessed, be generous. So for them, it's percentage. It's just like it is for us. Listen to verse 19. If they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last, listen to this, gaining life that is truly life. So He's talking about them. When you give here, generous, you're building a treasury up in heaven. That's what this is about. It's a treasury that, does, that lasts. Moths can't eat, you know, doesn't, can't be stolen. He says, they're laying up treasure in heaven, and they're impacting their e in eternity. So that's the lesson he's teaching them. So think about that. You lay up treasure in heaven, and it's the same for all of us according to percentages. But then think about this. Jesus talked to a, a very rich man, and he told the rich man, sell everything you have, follow me. And he, the rich man said, I can't do that, walked away. Jesus then said to his disciples, it's going to be really difficult for rich people to get into heaven. And so they're like confused. They're like, what do you mean? Oh, he says, with God, all things are possible. Don't worry. So then they said, they said Jesus, we've left all to follow you. Man, we've left everything. What about us? And he said, oh, let me tell you, in the life to come, you're going to have tons of things. You're going to have this and this and that. He tells him all the things he's going to have. And then at, right after he says that, here's what I want to get to. He says this, Matthew 19, 30, he says, but many who are first now will be last then, and some who are last now will be first then. 
Now, I want to make sure I emphasize this, all right? Uh, many is not all, and some is not all, right? So it's not everybody. Many people break this. They, they break this curse. They, they break this mold. So listen to it again. But many who are first now, he, he's talking about wealth. So he's saying there's some wealthy people here that won't be wealthy in heaven for all of eternity. But then he says this, some who are last now, very poor people, they'll be first then. And you can throw all kinds of principles in here, but this is connected to generosity where we're reading it. So this is amazing to me. And I got to thinking about this. I thought about average people, poor people, struggling people who are generous because percentage-wise they're very generous. And I thought about how they're going to get to heaven and they're going to have uh, heaven bucks, whatever, I don't know, treasure, whatever you call it. They're going to be loaded. Then I thought of wealthy people who have everything you can imagine here, but percentage-wise, they don't give a whole lot. And I thought, how sad will that be? Here they have all everything you could ever want, and then there they're not going to have all the heaven bucks. There's going to be people with way more heaven bucks than them, and that's forever. And so I teach things like this because all of us will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and, and I don't want you guys to stand there and say, Pastor Joe never taught me that. I'm, I'm not accountable. Um, uh, and I, I just, I, I don't want you to be mad at me up there and say, why didn't you say that? And this is something we need to think about and pray about because the Bible talks about a great reversal. And it talks about people who have here not having there and being last. We all, we all inherit all the wonderful things we get free from Jesus. But he's talking about this treasure. And he's saying some will have a ton and, and some won't. But some have a ton here, they, they'll have it there. Some have a ton here, they won't. Some have little here, they'll have a lot there. Some have little here, they, they'll have little there as far as treasure. Because it's all about generosity. Giving your two cents, can you all agree it makes sense? And I, I got to thinking about when I was young, and the story I shared with you, because when you're young, you kind of can write things off and say, I'm young, you know, uh, I'm a student, whatever. But it just pays to say, you know what, God? And I taught my kids from a young age, guys, I know you're working at Dairy Queen, because my kids, a lot of them worked at Dairy Queen. But I'd say, you know what? Set a tenth aside for God, and you'll never miss it if you start setting it aside now. Live, a, live according to the, to the 90, and God will change your life. And it, you know, I see what they gave. It was nothing. You know, it didn't change the life of the church. But you know what it does? It changes their life. It changes them forever because spiritually that impacts them. So I think I did decent bringing some spiritual truths across. So you know how I am. I like to pray after I teach. So can we close our eyes, bow our heads, and just pray? Lord, I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, I did my best, and, and I'm, I'm going to, Lord, knowing my church, I'm going to guess the majority of people in here are already generous, so uh, I, I rejoice with them in just being able to tell them what's going to happen. Lord, that uh, it's growing them spiritually. Lord, that it's opening your arms to be generous with them. And Lord, it's going to bless them eternally. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for some here, some have, some don't. They're new, and they're hearing this for the first time. And Lord, I remember my first times hearing things like this. Lord, for us, anybody like that? Lord, open up our spiritual eyes. Let us get it. 
Let us change forever, Lord. Let us change our lives forever as we do this and we begin to be more generous with the living God and more generous with the poor. And I thank you for helping people, Lord. And I just thank you for touching and ministering to hearts, Lord God, as we pray further. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you're here and you're not sure if you're forever, you're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or to hell, I want to take a moment. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to talk with you, man. This is important. Maybe you're visiting tonight for the first time, and maybe when you first heard, you thought, oh, he's going to talk about money. I wish I didn't come. But then after you listened, you said, well, boy, this makes, this makes some sense. Yeah, your two cents make sense. It does. But now here's the most important thing. Listen, this is really important. As a church, we exist to connect a city with God, and that's the only reason um, we do some of the things we do sometimes is just we want to connect a city with God. That means we want to make sure you're connected with God. So right now, I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm, I'm not asking you if you're a member of another church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. All great things. I'm not asking you if you love God, you don't like God. I'm not asking you if you believe in Him or not. Here's what matters right now. I'm asking you the most important question in all the world, and that question is this. What have you done with Jesus Christ? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to God unless they come through me. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, even though they die, they'll live again. He died to save us. The creator of all the universe took on a, the form of a baby, grew up, experienced all of our pains, all of our sorrows, and then he died for us. God raised him out of the grave, and he said, whoever calls on my name, I'll give them the gift of eternal life, and I'll wash their sins away. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Here's, here's what I'm asking right now. Can you remember a day in your life when you prayed and said, Jesus, I want to accept you as my Savior? And if you can't, and you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I, I don't, but I'm ready today. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? And just say this after me. Everyone else, help them. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe I accept you as my Savior and I make a decision today to follow you. Thanks for saving my soul. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.